Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you ever so much again for clicking on this episode. I say this regularly, but it has to be said, doesn't it? Let's be honest. But again, really do thank you very much for clicking on this episode or if you've checked out the podcast in its entirety or just if you've been picking and choosing. It's just also appreciated. Really love chatting to you guys about films and hopefully, yeah, I don't waffle on too much. But here we are, episode 18 of Joe Blogs About Films and we are going to revisit Godzilla 1998. It's kind of like a revisit or maybe to an extent in my defense, not in my defense, I didn't make the bloody film, but like a defense of Godzilla 1998, for me anyways, and that's purely, purely based on nostalgia. There's going to be some people listening to this already that's going to be like, yes, I get the nostalgia aspect of it, but it's not a good film. I hear you. I do hear you. However, I'm just going to go over it because this last week or so has been, yeah, just been going over some some films that I haven't checked out in quite some time, uh, mainly as I say, some nostalgic trips from like, you know, just childhood memories and stuff. And 1998 Godzilla, man, I remember getting this on VHS when it came out. I remember going to the co-op back home and with my dad and just like walking down the aisles, just looking for the, uh, yeah, for the big cardboard cutouts that the Godzilla display was in and just picking up a, and I sold VHS of it and enjoying it just, oh, endlessly, endlessly. And I still enjoy it to this day. Got it in the collection because it's Godzilla, man. Like I absolutely love Godzilla. This was the film that essentially brought me into the Godzilla world and mythos, if you will. And uh, I've just never looked back because I think what what a great character that Toho created. And there's obviously, you know, we've had the 2014 film onwards and getting Godzilla versus Kong most recently, which is available on the podcast now. If you do want to have a listen to that episode, I think it's like episode two or something, one of the first few podcast episodes that I did. So it might sound a little bit bumpy at times, but here we are though, 1998, Godzilla, which directed by Roland Emmerich and has a pretty, uh, yeah, pretty decent cast, let's be honest, especially for the 90s anyways. You've got obviously Matthew Broderick in there, uh, Maria Pitolo, uh, Hank Azaria, Gene Reno as well. Man, what a character he plays. Probably one of the probably the best actor in this film if I'm being I mean I might be slightly biased there but I think that uh, Jean Reno playing Philippe was uh, was excellent and we'll talk more about the actual rest of the cast later but yeah always great to have uh, and always great to see Jean Reno in there but the casting is made up by some great support there from Kevin Dunn who plays Colonel Hicks um, which you'll be, you'll be familiar with Kevin Dunn and his work in I think especially Small Soldiers around some of the time in the 90s but also Transformers 1, 2 and 3 um, really really nice uh, nice cast if you will but can't really save the film and uh, oh man the background of this film is just quite extraordinary really because it's been something that you know America had wanted to kind of not capitalise on necessarily, but, you know, want to make their own version of Godzilla after its huge success, you know, overseas, internationally. And um, what we got pretty much wasn't at all really what people were expecting, if I'm being completely honest. And it's quite, you know, looking back for me as like a young, as a young kid, um, you know, the hype for this film began like a whole year before the film even came out. I think it was, yeah, definitely a year before it was like the, it was like the New Year's bash, if you will, for 1990. Yeah, the 97 or 98, I can't remember exactly, sorry, but there was this there was this teaser that came out at the New Year's and showed people having a great time and the next thing you know, this huge tail of Godzilla came and like hit like a big ball off of, I don't know, something. Anyways, it caused mayhem basically in this first teaser for it uh, where we got the infamous, you know, size does matter, uh, a nice innuendo joke there, which uh, they really, really ran with. Uh, and the marketing again for this film, like I've just mentioned, was just everywhere, like it was everywhere um not only with toys but you know in, in the sense that all over you know america there were like buses that were going past being like his foot is twice the size of this bus and stuff like that or like he's taller than the statue of liberty is twice as long as a 747 jumbo jet his spleen is the size of mickey rooney and so on like they really really capitalized on it which i think you know lends a hand into this epic failure that was 
Godzilla 1998. It was just essentially like a a, a, a a Roland Emmerich version of Jurassic Park because when you think about when this film came out in 1998, you know, we'd had two Jurassic Park films by then. Obviously, the first one, which was an absolute masterpiece. Uh, Steven Spielberg, just one of the... It probably is one, if not the greatest film director. And I could be saying that from, like, again, maybe a nostalgia point, but every film you see of Spielberg, you're just like, holy moly. A, I know it's a Spielberg film, and B, it's excellent. So, anywho, yeah, we had two Jurassic Park films. The Lost World, obviously, didn't do as well commercially or even maybe box office-wise as what the first one did. Um, so this kind of felt like it was another version of, like, it was like Jurassic Park taking over um, Godzilla, in a way, because we even got the baby Godzillas, and they were just velociraptors just with a Godzilla head on, which, as a kid, I was absolutely terrified of in the cinema. Like, it's so strange. Like, my dad always remembered, like, just how scared I was of these baby Godzillas. It's so extraordinary that, they, like, big Godzilla, oh, that's absolutely fine. That's, that's, can't get scared of that at all. Like, this huge kaiju just stomping, you know, across New York. But, hey, give me some baby Godzillas, and I am petrified in my seat. And it's quite funny now watching it back, because yeah, they're not that scary. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's because they were the ones that were just taking chunks out of people towards the end but anywho so obviously like i just mentioned just a couple of minutes ago that the the whole background and the build-up to the release of this film was obviously there's marketing but even before that when they were kind of starting to make this film you know scripts were being changed different people were being brought in um i, I even believe i just mentioned about spielberg but he tried to talk roland emmerich out of making the film considering it to be like a silly idea of hollywood to try and remake godzilla because Spielberg, you know, didn't even bother seeing the film when it came out. Uh, he's quoted to say that uh, the only Godzilla I saw was the one with Raymond Burr. I purposely stayed away from TriStar's Godzilla because I don't, I didn't want to get anything between me and my memory of my favorite Godzilla movie at the time. And that was to Entertainment Weekly, so that's where the quote came from. And and I think a lot of people will be in that same category as Spielberg because either they didn't see it or when they did see it, it was kind of like not tarnishing the name of Godzilla. Well, it obviously did a little bit because now people don't even refer to it as a Godzilla film. They refer to it as Zilla 1998 or something like that, or even just Zilla. Um, or they call it Godzilla by name only, so it's like GBNO or something like that, which I didn't even realise until I was doing research that that was a thing. But still, there's a lot of hatred towards this film, um, and I do understand it from a creative aspect and from a fan perspective as well. I think that, me personally, I think that Roland Emmerich got this wrong. He'd obviously come on the back of doing Independence Day and was pretty good at destroying things, and he almost like wanted to just do that, but with a monster scale. Um, I mean, let's just, let's just cut to the chase and let's get straight to it, but the design of Godzilla in this film is not... It's not Godzilla, is it? It is literally... I mean, I remember when Godzilla 2014 came out and I was so pumped for it because I was like, this is the... The Godzilla that we should have got all those years ago, like the design in particular, was just impeccable for me. And and uh, granted, the spikes weren't the same, which they did kind of tweak over the course of the sequels and King of the Monsters and Godzilla vs Kong. But you know, the 2014 design of Godzilla was was pretty much what you know what was you know what Godzilla fans were wanting. Um, and it was funny when I was chatting to some people who again had grown up with purely only knowing the Godzilla 98 version and saying that why is Godzilla fat in this new one? It's like, it's not fat. Like that's, that's how he should look. It's because of this weird iguana T-Rexy looking design that they made in the 1998 one. That's obviously imprinted on, you know, childs of maybe my age and stuff growing up of what Godzilla should look like. Um, interesting fact here with the design that the, the face of Godzilla, the chin was uh, inspired by Shia Khan from Jungle Book. I, think, I can't remember which, uh, which behind the scenes uh, member was saying that uh, he'd always found Shia Khan quite terrifying with that underbite almost, like this big chin, so they wanted to give that to Godzilla. 
which again, it's that 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 whole design is it's, it's not Godzilla, but it's it's what it is. Like I say, as a monster film for me, I really like it, and it's um, it's just quotable, isn't it? It's it's, it's one of those where I, I mean, I've seen it so many times. That I yeah, I just love. I, my favorite sequence of this film is is definitely definitely when Godzilla first arrives in New York. You know, I remember the trailers distinctly when you know got the police officer who's kind of just chilling on the on the side where like the the mayor's speaking and the cars are all bumping up and down. And you know, I remember I remember as a kid seeing that advert being like, "This is gonna be like epic." And for me as a kid, it was pretty much what I wanted it to be. Um, and I think that's why I'm still here now talking about it like all these years later and even doing a podcast episode on it. So sorry guys, uh, but my like I said my favorite scene is that the whole sequence we got like the you know hardly any footage of Godzilla himself actually in that moment we just see you know those those odd moments of either his foot stamping down or you know we get the you know almost like as I'm always there like trying to find like just little glances of what what he looked like because we just see literally snippets even when he's got you know the truck the lorry sorry in his uh, in his mouth and he's just swinging it about and stuff like you can see yeah the shape and the head but you can't actually see the face of Godzilla. So those moments as a kid, um, and, and even still now, I think were very, very well done because I always think like, you know, less is more. Uh, in particular as well, I have to mention about the sequence building up to that where, you know, got the old guy who goes fishing and, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I've got a bite. And then next thing you know, these huge spine spikes, like his spine spikes, sorry, stick out of the water and you can see it getting closer. Um, it always mesmerizes me that this guy can see it coming and instead of just running straight away, he kind of stands there and puts his like hand on his mouth as if like, oh dear, there's something coming towards me. <laughs> I'll just enjoy this for a moment and then I'll start running when I realize that it is actually not stopping. Um, and yeah, that whole, that teaser trailer of itself, that was the first teaser trailer that we got. The, the like almost like extended footage was the guy going fishing, the spikes coming up and then him running as the you know the spikes are hitting the the, the boards and which that he's like kind of the deck sorry that he's on or whatever it's called I'm probably getting the term wrong there but you know what I mean there's wood flying everywhere basically and there's a man like running for his life because he's left it too late and there's a lot of dumb decisions in this film like there's not only that one but there's obviously when Matthew Broderick as well who for in terms of the acting quality I think Matthew Broderick is okay in this like you know he's he's not brilliant like some of his reactions to stuff are, are, are quite are quite interesting um like in particular when they realize that the the press have got hold of the tape of all the military footage and stuff and you know it's, it's just that there's like you gave them the tape it's like no no it's like but they mention you by name yeah yeah <laughs> like it's very close to like the same dialogue as mark Wahlberg's in the happening which again oh let's be honest that's another that's another trash film but it's uh yeah, it's got again quotable and weirdly enjoyable but it's not in the same category and all the league of this bad boy gods of the 1998 stomps all over the happening but matthew broderick famously as well uh, known for me anyways of like turning down the role of, of breaking bad's lead walter white man alive you know you just think like sliding doors effect what could have been really but never mind anyways i don't but Matthew Broderick, yeah, like in terms of maybe, you know, out of all these actors, not the best, but he, he does what he can. But anyways, the scene in question is where he's like, they're trying to get him, trying to get Godzilla to come to the fish this big pile of fish, which I've got a point about that as well, because Toho were very, very clear in the rules of Godzilla, and one of them included, he only eats fish. But the baby Godzillas, that's fine, don't worry about that. <laughs> like, they can eat who they want. Um, so, sorry, he opens up the uh, like the, the manholes in the ground so that obviously the smell can go down for him. And just that sequence, and again, great visually, great for suspense, you know, the, 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 there's the noise, the, 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 like the, almost like the, the pre-roar, if you will, of Godzilla, and then the cracks on the floor. And again, he just kind of stands there. He just stands there, and you just think, you just run like why do you have to why even when stuff like even when Godzilla first starts coming up and floors breaking everywhere he then gets like obviously 
finally decides to run, but then gets blocked off because like a bit of the like floor ground stands in front of his way kind of thing. And yeah, it's a nice little moment between the two. Like it's it's almost like kind of showing that maybe Godzilla's just misunderstood is this new creature this new this new being that's been created obviously uh which his whole background as well was uh was very different in this obviously created like in some kind of like french testing if you will and say originally a marine iguana egg irradiated by french nuclear tests in french polynesia um is this uh, is this godzilla's origin anywho but yeah you know going back to those like kind of nice moments these more like so the moment between godzilla and 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 nico Dittopoulos, he takes the picture and godzilla's like what are you doing <laughs> um there's just obviously there's too many i, I don't want to say too many nice moments it's like when you look at the there's no necessary like fear if you will um which i said in a way to this about this podcast i was gonna like defend the film in a way because i do for nostalgia's sake i do think it's got some excellent sequences even though all these sequences i'm talking about might seem silly it's still part of a film that i really really enjoy but like i, I would say that there's there's more there's not really too much fear it's it's, it's like an ad- adventure action film which i guess that that's, that's adventure it's a monster film isn't it we're talking about but like you know what i mean like it's just some of the characters that are in there in particular, you know, you've got Maria Pitolo as well, who plays Audrey Timmons. She's the love interest. And I talk about these like nice moments between characters. They, they focus quite heavily on this, this love story, if you will, between Matthew Broderick's Nico Topolis and Maria Pitolo. Um, it's strange actually, because we don't really see much of Maria Pitolo in, in many films anymore. I think she stopped doing, I think the last thing she did was about 2008, but anywho, so Audrey Timmons, she plays this, you know, she's this character that is, you know, underappreciated reporter who's tr- just trying to, you know, break out, break through, like we've all been there, you know, creatively wanting to make a difference, this, that and the other. Uh, here I am doing a podcast. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, Maria Pitolo plays that character of, you know, this underappreciated, as I say, reporter who's trying to get, you know, to a bigger bigger platform and Harry Shearer's Charles Kamen, he's, um, well, he's blocking that off really, but my point bringing this up is that there's this heavy focus on this love interest, this love relationship, this previous relationship that Matthew Broderick's Nico Adstopoulos had with Maria Pitolo's Audrey Timmons. And I don't know, like it just, it almost feels like at times a little bit sappy, like as audience members, we're here to obviously watch a kaiju film, a monster film. I'm not saying that you can't have people in relationships or love interest because we got that in Godzilla 2014 with Aaron Taylor Johnson and um, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, but it's, it was, that was done a lot carefully and a bit, well, obviously a lot better. Because at times, I don't know, it just kind of took us completely out of this film that we're having to focus on. This, these two have their like squabbles, and obviously they have that rub, like obviously romantic kiss at the end, and everything's happy go Larry at the, you know, by the time the film comes. And I just think that, yeah, it it really it really kind of um, spoiled the film in the sense. There's nothing wrong with having that love interest and those nice moments between characters. A bit strange when you have one between Matthew Broderick and Godzilla. There's a couple of those actually, but I think it's the idea that because of Matthew Broderick is, you know, a scientist who studies these like Chernobyl earthworms and, and you know, creatures of all kind of thing, I guess that he's got a better understanding of, you know, it's not a case of him like going out to destroy these destroy this monster. It's almost like to study it and, and to learn from it. But I don't know, like yeah. Back to the, uh, but I mean, I, I know I've already mentioned about the the design. We could do a whole podcast potentially on that in itself and comparing it to, you know, the others. But we just know it's not Godzilla, so we'll just leave it at that, anyways. I briefly mentioned there about the rules that Toho had in terms of, you know, the American create had for the American creators of of making this Godzilla. Obviously, one of them was that he cannot eat people, only eats fish. Um, they actually gave a, a 75-page dossier of what they can and cannot do with Godzilla's character. So one of them was obviously can't eat people, only fish, as I've just mentioned. He has to have three rows of dorsal plates, which, again, I guess they stick to. I mean, they've got two prominent ones 
and then all the others are kind of in there as well. Uh, he has no more or less than three toes on his feet and four fingers on his hand. I think they changed that, actually. I think that they did change that. I feel like it was four fingers and, and a thumb kind of thing but anywho uh he cannot be made to look silly <laughs> that was that was actually one of them which kind of makes me think how did they get away with this design uh more on that in a second but the final one was he cannot die in the movie <laughs> and what happens <laughs> he, i think i think again it was like he cannot die especially by uh like human or military action kind of thing and it's just it's essentially Roland Emmerich uh, just basically just middle fingered all of those rules, didn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, he kind of made me look silly. Like apparently, even uh, producer uh, and executive producer sorry, uh, Dean Devlin, who was hired as well to kind of work on the script with Roland Emmerich, he um, he even said he remembers going to the meeting with the Toho staff, the Hive staffs of making this film and presenting them their design of Godzilla. And I think he at the time was thinking, this isn't, they're not going to budge on this because they were very specific about his design. They they even prior to Roland Emmerich coming into this, they created a whole different design for what they were gonna what they were gonna do with this film. And it actually looked, I think you can go on the internet now and you can check out pre-designs of what it was going to look like. And it looked pretty good. Like it looked like Godzilla. Like it genuinely looked like the Godzilla that you'd seen in Toho films. Um so it's really strange that they managed to I don't know, I'd say there's a bit of like wiggle room for them to kind of be like, yeah, okay, but this is a full-on like, your idea's out the door, this is the idea that we're going with. And I believe that Roland Emmerich even said, like he said, guys, we do it this way, my way, or we don't do it all kind of thing. And I was just, I just think, wow, the ball's on that guy, man. Like to just turn around to this, you know, this much-loved character and to be like, we're doing it this way or, or no way in, this, in that sense. I mean, it is strange that they were kind of like relying on Roland, like the studio were relying on Roland Emmerich to make this, um, yeah, to make this film. Obviously, since then, Roland Emmerich has since regretted the decision to direct the film. However, he does still take pride in how much of the fun uh, the audience has still watching it. And I think that's it for me. I think that's what it is because it is just a bit of a fun ride. Like the story is pretty straightforward. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit flat, isn't it? Let's be honest. You've just got a giant monster that's just stomping across New York, looking somewhere to lay eggs, uh, and the humans, either, you know, trying to take it down basically, and and in any means possible. And then you've got these side characters, which weirdly in this as well, this is this movie features more Simpson voice actors than any other project besides the Simpsons. Obviously, you've got Hank Azaria, Harry Shearer, and Nancy Cartwright. Hank Azaria, you know, famously playing Mo, as many other characters as well in the Simpsons. Again, brings another kind of different dimension and and, and more comic relief to this film. Obviously, as well, you get that famous shot of him when you when you first kind of get a glimpse of Godzilla stomping through the city, and he goes to like stamp on him kind of thing, and he like ends up standing in between his toes. As a kid, I could never understand how he didn't like not die from from this scene when the foot comes down, and you think, oh, he's he's still alive kind of thing. But hey, never mind. Uh, there's also Harry Shearer, of course, Mr. Burns, and and so on. Uh, Nancy Cartwright, who I actually didn't realise was in this film until much later on in my life of rewatching it, uh, famously obviously playing Bart Simpson. And she's in the sequence when she's on the phone, and you got you got Harry Shearer in the background, like whinging about all these you know news reports that he's got to talk about, and Nancy Cartwright she's having a chat, and then she looks back and she's Godzilla kind of like bouncing past the window in the sense it's that kind of like comedic little light relief, and there's a good chunk of that in this film. It's a, it's not too serious. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which I think again, although it's fun as a monster film, it's not. Godzilla. Um, that's not to say you can't have fun with it. I think that was one of the problems I had with King of the Monsters, which is really strange because that was a film that I was very, very up for because, you know, King Ghidorah, Rodan, Mothra, they were all in it from, you know, the Toho, Toho world, if you will. And the film just, there was a point in that when, again, I could probably do it. I could do a Godzilla podcast in general, but again, I, I don't want to digress too much, but 
yeah, you know, it just was a bit, it, it definitely took itself way too seriously. Um, and, and yeah, there was, a, there's some things in there that I did enjoy some things that I didn't. And we'll save that for another day. Back to Godzilla 1998 though. It is one of those films that I, you know, I, I still love to this day. I think it's fun. I think it's got something in there that I really, really, really just enjoy and just takes me back. Yes, it's a bit Jurassic Parky uh, in the sense, like I said, with the baby, <laughs> baby Godzillas. Yeah, the design was just pretty, pretty poor. But it's funny when, like, so when the film came out and the screenings went off, and even you know halfway through one of the screenings, uh, Kan Pachiro Satsuma, who played Godzilla from 1985 to 1995, walked out saying it's not Godzilla; it doesn't have the spirit, uh, which is something that we definitely, definitely got back with Gareth Edwards' uh, take on on Godzilla and, and so on. But I think it was always safe to say that this film, due to its pure marketing, its constant need for toy sales, and I mean the size thing is interesting with this as well. Like I know we've spoke a little bit about the design and such but one minute is meant to be you know like i've already mentioned about the promo for it is taller is you know taller than the statue of liberty this that and the other which he is but they make out like he's massive and yet he can just hide in buildings like or just just kind of crouch and hide it's so strange that they uh you know there's those lines about oh yeah we lost him like what do you mean you lost him like how can you lose this di-? like well not dinosaur but how can you lose this huge kaiju like what on earth the design was a bit all over the place as to the story but like i say it's still got some very very memorable moments in there so for me the opening the, the sequence when godzilla first arrives at new york and you know even the setting for it all all the way through the film it rains again i've mentioned before on a podcast i think it was lord of the rings one actually when i did the lord of the rings podcast how you know weather and such in films are almost like another character especially when it's raining for me it's like definitely you know fits that mood and this film just is just a complete washout it's just constantly constantly raining it is there designed to be an extra character itself just just constantly raining um and it does create some good moments in there it's just when toho say don't dismiss these rules or don't ignore these rules you 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 don't do the things that they don't want you to do. Like, I just couldn't understand, you know, it's left it open for a sequel as well, which, um, you know, you can actually read online details of what the sequel would have been. You know, the end of this film, spoilers, uh, one of the dinosaur baby eggs. I keep saying dinosaur because it feels like a dinosaur. One of the one of Godzilla's eggs is left behind um, in Madison Square Garden. That's where the finale of the film pretty much takes place until the, until the Brooklyn Bridge moment. Um, and there's an egg there that just hatches and it kind of roars at the camera. Then you get, you know, P. Diddy's Come With Me, which is absolute banger the soundtrack for this film as well man holy smokes jamiroquai as well ah just what a single deeper underground that is and uh, yeah anyways but it's very 90s you can see you've got simpsons characters you've got all these big names as well doing songs for it it's just 90s man just ah, i love it i'm probably sounding like a big millennial but hey um yeah they left it open for a sequel and the sequel like i say was sounded like it was going to be the godzilla that we were expecting or that fans were expecting i say it like we as if like i was you know old enough to really understand what i was you know in for in that sense because i have to say this is the film that got me into godzilla um and it was going to be mainly revolved around another kind of kaiju that was stealing people something like that and taking it back to this like monster island and godzilla would then eventually become the anti-hero like it was set to be a trilogy godzilla 1998 was supposed to set up a trilogy which obviously never happened but the second one was yeah going to be like a you know the the fact that uh, Nick Datopoulos, obviously played by Matthew Broderick, was going to find the new the the one remaining um, baby uh, baby Godzilla and help it escape and let it roam free, like put it back in because obviously he's not he's not there to kill it and he's almost like trying to study them. So he kind of lets the Godzilla go, but it 
imprints. And this is something that they do take with the Gods of the Animated series, which if you've never watched that, again, that's worth a watch. That's a, that was that was a decent TV series. That was like the Godzilla that you would expect. You know, it was Godzilla taking on all different kaijus. And that's how this one started. You know, the baby egg was, was hatched and then Dr. Nico Topolis would then let it free and it was kind of it'd see you know Detopolis as a uh, as like a mother figure and so it would you know listen to him and that's where this was going to go but that's kind of all I go on with that because I don't really want to spend up too much time talking about the sequel that never was uh, but if you go onto the internet you definitely can have a have a like a read of it pretty much the whole story of what it was going to go down sounded like it could have been good but hey it doesn't matter now because in 2014 Gareth Edwards just brought us out one of the yeah, just an absolute excellent film. My favourite Godzilla film, uh, American Godzilla film anyways. Um, the teaser trailer for the Godzilla 2014 film just is imprinted in my brain. I absolutely love it. Um, the teaser and the film, obviously. But it's such a shame that this 1998 version uh, was just not not what people were expecting and still to this day is hated. I think they even did in one of the in one of the Toho films, they brought back this Zilla just to be destroyed by another Godzilla. I think it was like Godzilla 2000 this was in, or Godzilla Millennium, can't speak. Um, yeah, have a watch of that clip as well on YouTube because, uh, yeah, this Zilla gets absolutely destroyed, <laughs> KO'd out of the picture. But hey, Godzilla 1998, for all its flaws, I still love it and watched it again the other day for pure nostalgia's sake and I just love chatting to my dad about this film because it was so much fun when we saw it at the cinema and uh, yeah, I still to this day, if it's ever on or if I ever get you know any opportunity to watch it, I'm going to take it. It's still, it is, you know, it's a monster film, love it or hate it. It's, you know, it's not a Godzilla film but it's a pretty darn good monster film and uh, <laughs> there's probably people listening now being like, I'm not listening to this podcast anymore, this guy knows nothing about films, how dare, how dare he say this film is decent <laughs> hey i've only say i've just spoke about the flaws and spoke about the things that they didn't do right but i'm all for it anyways it's still uh yeah still a good ride this has been episode 18 joe blogs about films talking about godzilla this podcast is available on spotify podcasts apple podcasts google podcasts and you can keep up to date as well on the socials if you want to give me a follow on twitter it's joe blogs films um films um and if you want to give a facebook page like it's just joe blogs about films if there's any film you want to talk about or even feature on to have a chat about i'm all for that as well i'm hopefully hopefully going to go check out Candyman this week which is uh, yeah looking like it should uh, it's well from the reviews i've seen it's getting a kind of a mixed bag but um, i again really would like to see how they're taken yeah that original story and made it you know modern if you will anyways by the by i digress godzilla 1998 love it or hate it let me know for sure i'm looking forward to hearing what people's thoughts are on it i'm sure there are people out there as well that are like for nostalgia's sake yes but thank you again for listening i will see you next time take care